welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot, these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. Happy Friday, happy hour. We are back for a solo episode. Everything that you guys have wished, hoped, dreamed, and prayed for. Just me and Abby on a Friday morning coming straight at you. Just you, me, and some fall leaves falling perfectly into place, Ash. That's, let's end the episode right there. What else do we need besides those things? What could, what more could we say? We should, have been, we should have been fall leaves for Halloween falling into place. Oh my God, dibs on the red one. You can be orange. <laughs> I thought they'd both be perfectly red, the perfect shade of red. Much like the That'd be one. funny. And if they both like call out our names, we just drop to the floor because we're falling leaves. Yep. Okay. You guys, as you know, it's fall. It's a big, big month, not just for Swifties, but for everybody because we are getting into the holiday season. That can be traumatic and triggering, or it can be exciting and comforting to some, you know, to each their own. It could be family stone vibes or big, happy, cheaper by the dozen family vibes. It's either one. Right. And you just never know. I feel like the last four holidays, if I look back on my past four years, have been so drastically different from each other. You just never know what the hell is going to happen. Um, and so am I itching for stability? I am. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. But you know what? We roll with the punches. We play the cards. We are dealt. Isn't that the truth? A couple disclaimers before we get into this. If you are going to your significant other's holiday, now's your time to start thinking about if you get stressed easily, thinking about conversation topics for the family, what you're mm. going to wear, and what your contributing gift is going to be. So That is such a good point. You can never... Radar. Now's the time. You can never redo a first impression. Or a second. Or a second. <laughs> Or a second impression. Yeah, think about what you're going to wear. Wear something that makes you feel really confident, but not too scandalous. You know, got to meet the parents, got to look, you know, put together. Yeah. And for the love of God, don't bring a $7 Trader Joe's wine. You're better off, far better off with a candle or some sort of <laughs> dish towel. Good. Yeah, keep the $7 Trader Joe's wine at home for yourself, but maybe not for your Thanksgiving dinner. That's yeah. a good point, Ash. Uh, yeah, not when the dad, I'm sure, has some wine club uh, membership or something. More importantly than that, who cares about that? That's small potatoes compared to the night before Thanksgiving. This is like Ashley's. I don't know if I'm going to acknowledge it. I don't know if I'm going to acknowledge it this year. It depends on who's willing to acknowledge it. If no one's willing to acknowledge it, I'm not going to acknowledge it. I have to see who's willing to do it with me. Okay. For those who don't know what we're talking about, the night before Thanksgiving is the big night where everybody goes out in their hometown bars and you see all of the hometown heroes from your high school. The girl that was quiet in the back of math class is now taking shots behind the bar. People have evolved. People have had kids intentionally, unintentionally. People are married. People are engaged. Where are we all at now? It's like an unofficial high school reunion. If you picture yourself in this scenario... And there's not one person that comes to mind that you'll tr- you would turn around if you saw. You are probably that person to other people. Hot take. Wow, that's kind of <laughs> woke. I know. We get into that episode now. We're all something to somebody, and oh, ain't that the truth? That's kind of good. Wow, well, it's only two one-liners, one-liners yeah. back to back. <laughs> we're all it's almost to like somebody. we're podcast hosts and close friends. 
almost. <laughs> yeah, but I luckily have never had to bear witness or to unluckily. whatever the hell any of my high school mm-hmm. people are doing now because I never go back to my hometown and I don't think you could pay me to go back. So You could give her an all get- expenses paid trip to Monroe, Washington nope. and you won't count nope. dead. <laughs> No, I just have no interest um, in the ambiance or the people of going back there and don't need to see anyone, don't need to do anything. So I think I'm good. I'm set on that. And I'm sure there's other people that feel this way, but I do like to live vicariously through you and others who have this experience. And you've also experienced this because you went senior year of college home with our other best friend. So you got to experience Mm -hmm. what I'm going to say. Last year, wash COVID. But senior year of college, it's also fun. I had a pregame at my house. So that's the fun one hour where you get to just hang out with people you actually like. Before you get to uh, the yes. bars. Before things get crazy. <laughs> and then the second best part or worst is being hungover on your grandma's couch at Thanksgiving the next day. Cause at least you feel internally they're like, oh, I'm still young and relevant. Right. And do you have to pretend like you're not hungover or can you be honest about it? 50-50 also. Um, a cocktail always fixes it. Just keep drinking and you'll never be hungover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a motto to live by. <laughs> another one-liner coming for your doorstep that's another way like to live vicariously through my friends for i have no grandparents therefore i do have (laughs) i have no grandparents just a good turn who am i supposed to pretend to not be hung over around i've got none no old people to impress you want my my, that's a good tote bag for our merch no old people to impress (laughs) (laughs) young ones sure tons of them old ones nope I suggested to Abby, this is our senior year, and this would have gone so awry. I can't even begin to tell you, and by no fault of your own necessarily. But remember my grandma had like one or two extra bedrooms, and I was like, you should rent one from her. Oh my God, totally. And I honestly was kind of down. (laughs) It would have been hilarious, and I don't think it would have worked, but by no fault of your own. Yeah, sometimes it's just touchy and then you'd think that I'm being adopted by your grandma and then there's all that jealousy and I don't think we could have dealt with that very well. Abby sent me a picture uh, a couple weeks ago of her and an old woman that has basically Abby's face and she was like, this is me and my grandmother. Um, You think we look that similar? She had Kevin's face and you have Kevin's, so yes. Right, so therefore we all have the hunt face. The hunt yeah, she she got smaller with age. I was really towering over her, her at the end. Grandma Dottie. That's cute. Was that her name? Yeah, indeed. No, I made up a fake name for her, actually, and I called her a fake name my entire Some life. People do. Dotties, that's really cute. Yeah, short for Dorothy or Dorothea, if you will. <laughs> Swifties. I can't stop listening. When I tell you I can't stop listening to that song, it makes me feel so many emotions. Would nostalgia be one of them for what? I don't know. I can't relate to it but it makes me feel so many emotions. (laughs) Wait, let's get into it a little bit because this is a big week for Swifties and I feel as though we need to acknowledge it. Also, I want to talk about how I was listening to it like 10 times a day, one or two weeks ago. And I text you and I said, do you feel like the people in your hometown only see you on the silver screen and think about how you left? And you said, thanks for always fluffing my ego. And I said, sometimes I shoot it down basically to hell though. Sometimes I can be mean to you and keep you in your place. Yes, you are the best at both lifting me up and tearing me down and keeping me humble. And I think that's why you're my best friend. Um, oh, get and so mind. everybody should get an Ashley in their life. Get them to hype you up, but make sure they bring you back down to earth. All jokes aside, me being famous to us and only us, I feel like I know Taylor Swift's heart and I cannot wait to hear more and see more of her heart in the 10-minute version of All Too Well. 
Yeah. So we're recording this on Wednesday night. So when you listen to this episode on Friday morning, you should have already listened to the album several times by that point and watch the short and film. You have to go, run, turn this sprint. off, and subscribe. Yeah. Why are you listening to us? Actually, subscribe to us first and then go listen to some Taylor Swift. Like, I am so excited. And also, is that the same day that the short film is coming out? I believe Both so. Them? And then I highly recommend watching. She's going to be on a slew of talk shows this week i think starting thursday so i recommend watching those after they come out god it's just a great week to be a swifty it's a great week to be a lot say something controversial i know that you're wild and i'm not going to take it away from you i'm not a downer but you're a new fan i've been looking forward to this version of all too well for like seven years (laughs) ashley i think you're underestimating my length of loving taylor swift because i used to love her when we were little Actually, so took I was, a break. I had a two-year stint okay. where I onto the wagon of it's cool to hate Taylor Swift, and that was in high school. And I'll tell you exactly. I believe it was partially internalized read. misogyny. Yes, internalized misogyny. It was partially read and partially 1989. And for that, I will regret that for the rest of my life. You should I'll, apologize I'll, if you I'll, ever meet her by some good fortune. You should apologize. I'll never get those years back. That's true. Um, and I think what it happened was I, much like most people, only listened to the ones that were on the radio, like, we're never getting back together, 22, I knew you were trouble. And those songs irritated the living hell out of me. And somewhat, they still do, because they were overplayed on the radio, mm-hmm. and that's a crime against humanity. That's what happens with the singles, whatever. But all the other songs on the album that go swept under the rug from people who aren't true fans, that that is quality. That is art. And that is what brought me back. I do think more often than not, she chooses the wrong songs to be singles on many of her albums. Do you think she is the one cherry picking the singles? Or do you think the I think she company, this one's going to be a bop? No, I think she manages her whole life. Okay. And well, that's I, a I was lot. telling Abby, one of my high school friends, about like two weeks ago was like, I'm so sorry. I know you've loved her for so many years and I recognize now how special she is and what good things she has to say. And I was just a bandwagoner with Kim Kardashian when everyone thought it was Kate Taylor. She truly is a lyrical genius. Like that is who she is. And if you can't see that, then please DM us. We will send you some specific songs to listen to integrate her into your life slowly as to become an educated woman or man, if you're a Taylor Swifty. I literally, but, I think 3% of our listeners are men. I'm pretty sure it's like Yeah, so, so, and they're probably skipping over this portion anyway. So <laughs> for any of you women out there who are thinking, what's all the hype around Taylor Swift? What's all my, on my TikTok for you page every day now? We will help you. We will show you the way uh-huh. and you will be enlightened and you will be so happy because of it. I promise. I texted you when I was turning 23 and I was feeling nostalgic because I was like 13 when the song 22 came out or something. And now I'm 22 going on 23, now 23. And it's just, she really transcends time. Yeah. It felt like just yesterday that song came out. Funny how we grew up with her, isn't it? How blessed are we? I text you that too. How lucky are we out of all the years of human history to be born at the same time as Taylor? So it's like relevant. Like she's not relevant to her parents, but they're alive at the same time as her, but she's not as relevant to them. How lucky no, are we because to they be didn't grow up with her. Relevant, they didn't go yeah. through the same eras as we did with her. What are you most... So, <laughs> what <I> was... <laughs> Someone give up the bone. <laughs> <laughs> what song are you most excited for? Obviously, All Too Well is the number one. What song are you most excited for besides All Too Well? 
You know, I think up there for me now, this is kind of a newer situation as I'm re-listening to all the songs in the Red Album, but Treacherous is something that I'm excited to hear her more mature voice added into it because obviously she's not going to make changes. We saw that with the Fearless re-records. She's not going to make them any different, which is great because these are such staples of our childhood, but she is going to inherently have a slightly different tone of voice because she is grown up. And she's grown as an artist and a person. And so it's going to sound a little bit different. And I can't wait to hear how that sounds on Cedrus. That's how I feel about The Lucky One, which is all about being famous and how it is. Mm -hmm. The older you get, the more famous you are. And now she's more mature and obviously more famous. And she probably has a different perspective on it. Completely. She probably believes The Lucky One even more than she did when she first recorded it. How cool must it be to be an artist and have these songs as like a scrapbook to look back on of exactly how you're feeling? It's like a journal, but everybody loses their journal. Like nobody's going to carry around a box for years and years of like their thoughts and go back and read them. But how nice. It's like an audio book of your life. Like you just pop on the songs of how you're feeling when you were 16, 17, 18, 19. Like how cool is that? And also the fact that she's like the majority writer on each of them. There's no one else songwriting for her, really. There's people that add a little bit. But there's, there's no one else primarily songwriting. I'm so excited or sleeping on the fact that she's doing a song with Chris Stapleton. I'm sorry. Is it one of the ones from the vault? Yeah. Oh my and god! Chris Stapleton so onto it. Let's talk about the casting of All Too Well and the short film, and how it's Dylan O'Brien and what's the other girl's name? You can keep talking. I'm going to look it up. Well, there's something like a nine-year or ten-year age gap between the cast members, which is the same age gap between her and Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. and that led me to wonder. Are all of the songs on the Red Album, is this common knowledge that all of them are about her time with Jake or just all too well? I'm not sure, but I can imagine stuff like The Moment I Knew is about Jake. I can imagine at least half are. It's Sadie Sink and she's from Stranger Things. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, I was hearing about this and all I remember is that Sadie Sink is like 12 years old, so I got confused. But she's actually um, She's 19, 19 yeah. <laughs> That's good. But in the show, I remember her being like 12. And I'm okay, like, I'm feeling good. old, though, about Dylan O'Brien being 30. <laughs> yeah, Dylan O'Brien will just forever look 22, won't he? Yeah, do you remember him? Isn't he in that movie the first time? You know what I mean? Yes, that movie is trash. It's trash, but it's something like LOL that, like, really throws me back. Every time, I pretty much have been listening to Red every single day, right? Like, me as too. one does. And every time All Too Well comes on, I look for like a new piece of genius in it or new something that I can learn because do I know all the words? Yes, of course. But it makes me think and wonder like, where is she going to add the new verses in? Like what, where is the story going to go? Which way, what, what, what door is she going to open for us? How much more is there to open? Well, I'm sure it's just going to be more detailed because a song walks you through a relationship first time. Like what, mm-hmm. meeting his family, looking through photo albums, all the way to the end where she's still trying to be her old self again. And walks him through like... Walking from, alone. I feel like that she's probably going to focus a little bit more on the act of like breaking up. Because that yes, part's a little I think she's going over. to quite literally wreck us all. And also, Katie from Not Least in My 20s, I was watching a TikTok she made right before we just started recording this. And she was talking about how, let's internalize how long 10 minutes really is. Like 10 minutes? Right. Like if you want to listen to that song twice, that's a significant portion of your day dedicated to just one song. <laughs> and American Pie is only eight and a half minutes. Did you watch the TikTok too? How did you know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, no way you have American Pie. You know exactly how long. Um, we have the same brain. But you, me. 
and one Katie, brain. Yeah, but one brain. Um, if you want to listen to the song three times, which I'm sure we'll listen to it at least three times tomorrow night when it comes out. Um, that's a significant amount of time. Definitely. And I will be listening to it quite literally more than three times, I'm sure. I'll probably be listening to it all weekend. You're up at like 3 a.m. like <laughs> in your room. But the thing is, the first few times we'll be intently listening and then the other times we'll be passive listening. It'll just be on because it feels like fall. That song is the epitome of fall. When Folklore came out, I remember thinking, I'm sad <laughs> enough in life. Wait, I was I like, agree. I don't want to be sadder. And like that album kind of brought me down. So I like didn't really get into it. When Evermore came out, I was like, wow, this is so special to listen to this stuff for the first time. Like I actually appreciate it. Right. I kind of agree. When Folklore came out, I was like, I'm sorry, we're coming off of Lover, which was fantastic. Upbeat, yeah, fun. I was, thrown. I was like, who is this new Taylor? Is she completely reinventing herself? And I remember vividly, I texted India because I used to go to India for all things Taylor. And I was like, what's happening with this? Like, why is it so freaking sad? And she said, well, the world is sad, man. It's 2020. Like, look around. And I'm like, you're right. She writes what she sees. She writes what she feels. And she writes what's going on. And in the last two albums, we got an experience like no other where she got to write other people's stories, which was really special. I still can't stop listening. Anytime it's cloudy outside, I can't stop listening to Dorothea and Tis the Damn Season. Unmatched. I think she's just going to continuously get better if that's even possible. And the thing is, every but single song is quite literally just a movie in your head. You know, if she ever does choose to retire from music, she should be a producer of movies. Like Reese Witherspoon has Hello Sunshine. Yeah, she should hop on that train. I also, much like the fact that I used to check out books from the library at Pepperdine, I kept the fact hidden about how passionate I was about Taylor Swift for a while, but... What can you do? You did. So much so that when it, you came out of the closet as a Taylor Swift fan, I was like, I'm sorry. Was it during Are senior you year? It was during senior year? I think so. Because I was like, you've never like talked about it so passionately. Like, where is this coming from? I don't know. I was, I distinctly remember senior year specifically. When I think of Lover, I think of senior year. I, we listened to it at the drop of a hat, getting ready, driving I think school. of coming back from our camping trip in the woods. We played oh, it yes. in the car. And then yeah. also, I used to always put the moment I knew on when I was like alone in the car to like sing to on the way to school. Like it was perfect, like two and a half minute drive. Yeah. But this leads into our actual reason we're all gathered here today. Oh, actually, really quick before we jump into that, I said we were going to circle back a little bit. Sorry, I'm sounding like a professor or a, prof- a professional. If you're not going home for the holidays, how can you feel better about yourself, Abby? Well, I wish I had the answer. So I wish someone would tell me because I'm not going home for the holidays and it's kind of concerning. Um, Not so much that I'm not going home, but also that I'm just in a place that's not drivable to any of my close friends where I could just either invite myself to their holidays or get invited, I would hope. Um, And so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I recognize that a lot of people are in this boat. So if you have any ideas, Ash, please throw them my way. Yeah, I'm going to give you a minute-by-minute playdown of what you should do, I guess. I'm settling in. I have my pen and paper ready. None of it involves a turkey, if that makes you feel better. yeah. Well, I do like turkey, but that's fine. You're not going to cook a 10-pound bird for yourself alone. No, but I could eat that baby for a week. (laughs) You're freezing parts of the turkey. (laughs) You're all alone. You have no one to pull apart the wishbone with. You just pull it apart by, by yourself, two hands. 
I've also I've always wanted to shoot one of the turkeys on our land and eat that for dinner at Thanksgiving because we have so many wild turkeys. Like I don't think so you know how many. to like dress it up. No, it, no, yeah. I don't know how to do anything. I have barely ever held a gun in my entire yeah. life, but like just the idea of it seems really like down. I want to be the type of person I tell my family this every year and they all say no. And they look at me like literally confused. But in the TV show Parenthood, and then also in other TV shows, but I remember mostly from Parenthood, I want to be the type of family when I'm an adult that all of the adults and all the kids play a little game of like touch or flag football Thanksgiving morning. And like the women bring like coffee and donuts and you play some little touch football and there's like 12 of you or something. And then you all go home and get ready for Thanksgiving dinner. That sounds like the most pleasant thing in the entire world Screw and that's why the I turkey I trot i i'm never gonna do the turkey trot sorry everyone i <laughs> might be the turkey trot family for a few years but i also really want to be the touch football in the yard but how are you gonna gather 12 people that's kind of a tall order well the, your family your aunt the aunt how uncles. would your family be 12 well you're the family you realize abby has trouble realizing this <laughs> you realize <laughs> that there's family beyond the people you live with right cousins <laughs> that's just never been the case for me ever i can't even picture i understand it. why something was getting lost in translation now like for example <laughs> like i have my mom has a, a sister and a brother and they have kids right house, you know and they just somehow magically all live in the same area that's the thing yes that's usually the case however i do think with our generation people are going to start moving around a lot more so it's probably going to be less likely and more like french you invite your friends and their kids but like, and as far as our parents go, yes, everyone lives in the same area. Wow. It's very eye-opening to me. I thought that only happened in the movies. Like Allie has 500 more family members than even I do. Right. Yes. Well, perhaps that will be me <laughs> one day. <laughs> I don't have a lot of siblings to make that happen with. Hopefully my husband has a lot of siblings. Well, I senior year of high college, I told my friend i was like hey we should get all of our friends like that are home for the holidays and their siblings to like we should all go play football in, in the morning and we all totally and I lost it around but it was pouring rain that thanksgiving so it didn't happen so that was my only chance uh-huh. to like get married so that was your only shot so and you squandered with rain if that sounds appealing to any men out there you have a brother only women listen to this i think you have a brother <laughs> <laughs> who wants to play touch football turkey touch we could call it that Turkey touch. <laughs> that sounds gross. Yeah, that sounds I inappropriate. I take no, it back. No, I, I don't want it. it. <laughs> the alliteration was there, but nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, friend and family football. I don't know. Um, let me know. I'll bring the apple cider um, donuts. I'll bring the apple cider donuts, and I'll make oh, I'll make a, I'll make a trophy so for the front or the front yard. I'll make a trophy for the winning team. Okay, but back to the real problem at hand. I'm 23 and I don't know how to cook anything. What do I do? That's the problem that you don't know how to cook. Well, I mean, I sure, I'm sure I could figure it out. Well, I'm going to tell you what you're going to... Are you going to quite literally sit alone at a table on Thanksgiving Day? No. <laughs> table. We don't even have a dining table in our house. I mean, it doesn't even have a dining table. Then just call it off. Go to the movies or shopping or something. Like, just forget it. Go to the movies. <laughs> Go sign up for a turkey trot in the morning. And maybe you'll meet a family and they'll find out you're alone and they'll invite you. I'm and they'll adopt me. Go to a turkey trot and kind of be, figure out how to, like, buddy up <laughs> to, like, a family. 
go to Belmont and like circle it the week before Thanksgiving and see if any people are like going to stay in town and also be alone and can hang out with a bunch of like 17 year old freshmen. Oh, that sounds good. Like, do any of your guys' family live really far away? Oh, do you too? want to come to my house? I'm an adult. Do you want to come to my house and we could have a potluck Thanksgiving? That could actually be really cute. You could give the kids a place to go. Oh, feed a college kid, except for I can't afford to feed you guys. Either, no, it's so a potluck. <laughs> but like, I'll feed you with my company in my house. Oh, that's kind of nice. Think about I don't, it. We, we wouldn't have a place to sit, but I could figure that out. Think about that. Okay, back to why we're actually all here. Taylor Swift, as we know, is the queen of getting her heart broken, recovering from it, and learning. And you know who's the second learning, in commander growing. to that? Second in line to the throne? Abby Hunt. <laughs> Me? You think I'm second yeah, in you? line? Maybe not the poetic part, but the falling in love with someone, breaking it off, and learning from it. Hmm. I do like to do that, and I do do that often. So thank you so much, Ashley, for crowning me with that honor. Um, List is a mile long of heartbreakers. I do feel as though some of the lyrics, when I'm hearing especially all too well, she's 19 years old, am I correct, when she writes this? 1920. Okay, so pretty young. And your feelings are very strong, and everything is very intense when you're that young when you're falling in love and all that stuff and you don't have anything to compare it to. And then don't even get me started on all the hormones and chemicals and things going on. So overall, it's a big deal. And I remember, and I remember being in high school and being so, so madly in love with my high school boyfriend and thinking, this is it. Like, this is the most exciting feeling in the whole world. And it is, it is one of the most exciting, great feelings, but also equally intense is the breakup. And most high school relationships, we all know, they're not going to last. And I'm still to this day, I believe that that was the worst breakup that I've ever gone through because we were together for three years. It's a long portion of your teenage life. And it was just so sudden and just so crushing. And I truly did not get over it for an entire year. My entire freshman year of college, I still hurt every single day until one day I didn't. So how long, I know there's no special formula, no secret uh, recipe, but how long do you think it takes to get over a relationship where you were in love with them? I've heard it's usually half the time that you were dating. That's interesting. I think it's different depending on the reason for the breakup, obviously. Um, if there's a reason to hate the person, quote unquote, hate, like they cheated on you or they did something really bad, then I think it's a lot easier to tuck that away and move on. Um, but if it's just, you both kind of realize it's not it and you need to move forward on your own in order to grow as better people. I think that's where it gets really hard and muddled because those feelings are all still there. And it's so much more hard to, to sever those. Like, And even if you are a mature person trying to grow in your relationships and your emotional maturity and all those things, it still is so hard because you feel so attached to this person. They're one of the most important people in your life. They know every intricate detail and then they're strangers. Like it's the craziest thing. And untwining your life and your Mm -hmm. memories and everything from this person. And what's even harder is in college for those people who've gone through their college breakups when you have so many overlapping friends, activities, geography in which you'll be together in just close proximity, it's even harder to separate because you're like, you were literally part of my everyday life and now you can't be anymore in order for this to be healthy and for us to move on. And so 
there is a lot of overlap. There's a lot of lingering. You just don't know how to navigate it. And it's so, so hard. And you don't want to affect other people too. Like you don't want to show up to places and make it awkward for your friends because you and you're like recently broken up with boyfriend or there, you know, it's so tough. So what tangible step did you take? <sighs> tangible steps. I wish I had some. I feel like I haven't gone through a, like an intense breakup in since that college relationship. Wow, put your um, seatbelt on everyone. I feel like you just have to do a lot of inward searching for th- reminding yourself why you actually broke up with the person or they broke up with you or why you equally chose to separate. That's the biggest thing because everyone knows that once you're out of that relationship, you just start replaying all the good things in your mind because that's what you want to remember and hold on to. And then you're like, well, why did we even break up in the first place? I was so happy with that person. But if you really take the time to journal and make sure you don't reach out to them every time you want to be talking to them, like Taylor Swift, I almost do. It's not going to help them. It's not going to help you. That is a good song. I almost do. It's not going to help them and it's not going to help you. And it's not going to help the situation. If you keep reaching out to them, you just have to not try and talk to them. And every time you want to reach out to them, maybe write it down, write it down and come back to it the next day. And you'll feel silly for ever thinking you were going to send that text or call them. I was listening to fun on weekdays recently. And Jenna Pollock was saying how she would write in her notes app, all of the texts she kept wanting Mm -hmm. to send. And now it's so stupid when she reads it back. Seriously. And when you're in that moment, it's so easy to feel all the intense feelings. And for you just want to reach out so bad, you want to feel seen, you want to feel heard, like you belong. Somebody sees the most intimate parts of you. And then you can't believe they're just going to walk the streets and go do that again with someone else. Like it's heartbreaking. Like it really is. It's criminal. And it's a part of growing up and we all go through it. Um, But yeah, I think not reaching out to them and forcing that separation at the beginning is the hardest part, but it's the best way to be healthy. I remember when I was having trouble separating my life with my ex-boyfriend, he eventually at one point just told me, we're going to have to cut off all communication. And that was so shocking to me because I was like, that seems really harsh. Yeah, I was a little bit shook. And I was like, that seems really harsh. But honestly, it was the best thing that could have happened because it helped me move on faster and figure out, take back control of my life, figure out what I want, recalibrate and move on. So now, well, obviously we're older now, but yeah, everything's different. As each year you get older in your twenties, you see love and relationships differently. I feel like. When did you start looking at pictures of you and your high school boyfriend fondly and not heartbrokenly? Well, that's a good question. I still, to this day, don't follow him on Instagram. But when you and look it's at pictures because, in your phone, though, right, just private well, pictures, do you look on them fondly or like, ugh, that's rough? I do. I do look on them fondly. I still can feel a little twinge of the heartache if I think about it, if I think about my mental state in that time. But for the most part, I'm so grateful because if you think about it, being in love is probably one of the best feelings you'll ever feel on this entire planet. And how lucky was I to get to feel that so young and feel the wide scope of emotions while going through all of the ups and downs of high school. Like, I don't know. You just have to stay open as much as it sounds hard to do after you like get your heart broken a bunch of times, you know, but I still can't follow him on Instagram. I don't know what it is. Is he dating someone? Yes. He's been dating someone for like six years. (laughs) Oh, I knew this actually. I'm kidding. I knew that. Yeah. 
And I'm happy for them. And I hope that they're very happy. I do. Truly. Does he follow I mean, you? I don't, I'm not trying to get back with this yeah, guy. I like I don't even know him. I have no, I don't know this kid's heart. Does he follow you? No. Hmm. Clean break. It was really healthy. And if we hadn't done it that way, I would have never been able to really move on and start experiencing my full college experience freshman year, I believe. What is your hot take on dating someone and knowing that this probably isn't the end all be all, but being happy in the moment? Keep dating until you're not happy That's a tough one. I was talking about this recently with another uh, home friend. Just keep dating until you're not happy anymore. But what if you are the type of person that wants to get married, but you know that this person isn't it? So when do Mm -hmm. you call that line? I think if there's some gray area and you're still... I think people jump to conclusions too quickly. I will say that, at least speaking from my experience. I think it's easy to start dating someone and see some things that you don't originally see at the beginning. Not red flags necessarily, but just things that you're like, oh, that's not my favorite thing about you. You're kind of like, eh. And think, well, if you're not my husband or I need to move on and not waste each other's time. But I think there is some beauty in just experiencing life with that person if you do enjoy spending time with them as a young person. And I feel like everyone is in such a damn rush to lock things down yeah. and to be serious and to move forward. And that's okay. As long as you're open and honest about your intentions with each other and nobody's getting let on and nobody's getting hurt in that way, I think it's fine just to experience life with that person. Unless you're like 28 years old and you're like clocks ticking, I do want to get married, then you've you've just got to be picky. You should always be picky no matter what. Yeah. But I don't know. If we're this young in our life, I think it's fine. Yeah. I love how we always talk on the podcast about how there's no timeline. 30 means nothing, but we always <laughs> flirt with saying, well, clock's ticking or when you're 28 or 29. <laughs> it's true. It seems like at that we point, we still internalize to... that. Well, I also think nobody's talking about how if you start dating someone when you're 21, 22, 23, it's going to take you a long time to get to know that person and get to know if you can do life with that person seriously and for the rest of your life. But by the time you're 29, 30, 31, you pretty much know what the hell you're looking for. Like it is a quicker it's very turnaround. Cut and dry. It is not let's date for three years and be engaged for a whole nother year. Like it's no boom, boom. Let's have kids next year. Out? Yeah. It's, it moves a lot, moves along a lot faster when we're older from what I've seen in other people's lives. Yeah. No. And yeah. it makes sense. You've already done the practice and then it's game time, you know? <laughs> there should be some sort of thing. I'm not sure what that that thing even is but when you're like 30 to 33 all the people are like it's game time like i'm ready to be serious now and you just all get together and figure it out i think it's called (laughs) e-harmony it's not called bumble and it's not called hinge it's called e-harmony and that's why you trust e-harmony e-harmony or christian mingle and this is a sponsored ad yes can you imagine if we were sponsored by um i ship e-harmony there's been a reason they've been a lot around so long Mm. I just remember I see it on my Hulu all the time and the people are like, she's stretching and doing yoga and she's like, dating shouldn't be a stretch. That's why I trust you, Harmony. <laughs> Let me flip the script on you flip a little bit. Ask you a question. So you are someone who's never been in a serious romantic relationship and we are now 23. Does that make you feel more inclined to go out and date more? Or are you kind of just waiting for things to happen organically? Or what, is that, what does that do for your perspective on dating? Because I've heard 
people want to get into a relationship really bad and also not- on TikTok that are like desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel the proverbial news tightening around my neck. Okay. <laughs> Good. I feel not an ounce of pressure in any capacity. I just don't see, I'm not talking about casual dating, I'm talking about serious committed dating. Mm -hmm. I don't see the point of serious committed dating just for the sake of jumping the bandwagon, unless I Mm -hmm. actually think this person adds value to my life. And one strict caliber is always, does this person add equal or more value than the people I already have in my life? Because why am I going to make room for another person if you don't add equal or more value? If I'm like trying to search for reasons of why I should like you, that's a waste Mm -hmm. of my time and energy. That is very good perspective. And I also will add to that. I think a lot of people who are, no matter what age you are, if you are looking to be in a relationship very badly, you will look for all of the things that you do like about someone. As opposed to thinking about the things that you don't like about them because a lot of people try and be like, Oh, I want to look a certain way or act a certain way. I hope they like me. I hope they like me, but you need I've never to thought also- that way. That's ridiculous to think. I hope they like me. You should be thinking, okay, do I like I them? We'll do a they lot. Do, yeah. and, and it makes sense. I mean, you're on a first date or you're in a new relationship and you're like really wanting to put on the best show you can, but you also have to remember, you have to choose that person too. You need to be very cautious and careful with your time as to who you're spending time with because our time is valuable, especially always in our 20s. We're not getting these years back. I, okay, well, aligned with... This is not casual dating. I'm talking about serious, committed, continuous relationship dating. But I I would never date someone, some guy seriously and committedly just for the sake of filling my time. Because I do know <laughs> of a lot of people that are feeling bored or in a new place or don't have as many friends anymore. And they're like, let me fill my time with a relationship. Call me out a little more. No, no, more. oh my God, I was Just not calling you out. More. No, no, I was not calling you out. I actually... Okay, but like, it's true and I no, have I was, that. I was thinking of other things, but not you. But now that you brought it up, maybe. <laughs> um, but <laughs> filling the void essentially not the relationship void we're like oh i want a partner but be like i just want someone that intimately knows me well void right well that's like number one on maslow's hierarchy of needs or whatever is feeling like you belong and the best way of feeling like you belong is with someone who sees every single part of you and tells you that you are still perfect the way you are and i am obsessed with you and there's no better feeling than that sorry unmatched no that's true they love you, but when a guy loves you, it's so fun. No, I, I believe you. I'm talking about feeling the boredom void, that's all. Yes. Okay. Oh, Good. Yes. I don't think anyone should. Don't get defensive. I agree with you. Okay. Well, I'm only <laughs> defensive because I'm guilty of this. I wasn't and, thinking about you when I said it. I was thinking about other people. It just sounded like you were. I wasn't. Okay. I promise. Okay. I was thinking okay, about fine. other people. I and I admitted it. After you said it, sure, maybe. Yeah. But I was thinking about other people you. originally. You brought it in my head about you. Okay. Well, at least what's important is being self-aware and recognizing that maybe that wasn't the smartest or best use of my time. I also think people sleep on casual dating. Casual dating is so fun. If you live in a metropolitan city, especially if you're new to a city like me, go on a bunch of dates. Why not? You get a free meal most of the time. You get to experience new restaurants, new activities. You get to f- explore the city and meet new people. And I understand if some people are introverted and they hate 
first dates. But personally, the first date is my favorite because I love interviewing and people, also, which is why we have podcasts. If things go awry or south or awkward, you're never going to see them again if you don't want to. It means nothing. No. And you can even cause else, a scene if you want, just for the fun of causing a scene. It's a good story. And it's something to help you challenge yourself, get out of your comfort zone, and also to grow your dating muscle, which is really important. Because do you think it's going to get any easier if you never put yourself out there? No, it's not. It's probably going to get harder. There's also bandwidth. It's just emotional bandwidth. That's another big thing in life. Emotional, emotional bandwidth. bandwidth. Yeah. And plus, the more busy you are. Emotional bandwidth could be a whole other episode. <laughs> That could be a whole episode. It's so true because if you also are working with trying to make friends in a new city or work at a new job and keep relationships with your family, like where is all the time to pour into people? It can be so hard to juggle a bunch of people, but sometimes that's what you got to do though. That being said, um, I do always call bullshit if a friend disappears off the face of the earth just because they're like dating a new guy. That is the most ridiculous that thing. That is the Because worst. I have plenty of friends that date new guys and I hear the same, if not more from them. So that is the worst no when somebody gets into a relationship and you're like, okay, see you never. Yeah, there's really not much of an excuse. Um, Because like I said, I have other friends that date someone and I hear from them even more sometimes. I do think this sometimes, and this could be even if I was in a serious relationship, but just the idea once in a while, and I know it's not true, but maybe it is. Has anyone ever done a thesis on it? That the older you get, the good people are taken. I'm sure that's not true. But I mean, people always talk about it. Not now by any means, but like around 30 something. I think like all the catches also- are taken. Like I was watching a movie and they were like, we have to wait for the, <laughs> the round of divorces to come around. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> I think par- in part that's true because it also might be where you're looking though because think about it, the older we get, are we really going to want to try and find someone on a dating app? Like probably not. It's probably going to be friend of a friend, coworker. So the friends need to step up and start introducing people to people because that is a lost art. It is a lost art. We all have different connections in different worlds. Whatever happened to you should meet my friend, John, he would be so, you guys would get along so well. Yeah, people do that for girls all the time to make friends. Why can't people do it for the real thing and do it for guys to meet girls? Everyone's always like, oh, there's this girl you should meet. Like you should be just friends with her. Like if I were to tell you that. But no one, I know, don't tell you like, oh, there's this guy that I think you should meet. No one does that anymore. Maybe because there's not enough quality like guy friends out there that we can be throwing around. Yeah. Maybe we're just not at that age yet. Maybe when we're like 28, 29, it'll make more sense. It'll all click. Seems fun. (laughs) I feel like we're all just trying to like stay afloat right now and like figure out what the heck we're going to do next. We're struggling actually to even just have regular girlfriends. Yeah. Let alone alone guy friends and introducing them to the girls. You're right. They were thinking too far. Yeah. I think once we're all established in our lives and our careers and our homes and our cities, then that's when we start connecting. Yeah. I think, um, heartbreak my last thought on heartbreak I think a lot of people have either fear of commitment or fear of heartbreak like they just don't want to fully be vulnerable and give themselves over to another person because the more they know about you the harder it's going to be when they choose to walk away or if you choose to walk away after getting to know their heart whatever it may be but I do think that in all my times and all my dating experiences that it is so worth it, even if it is the biggest heartbreak in the world, because whenever I feel that high or that low of emotion, it just reminds me that I'm human. And then I have hmm. the capacity 
to feel so strongly for someone, it's really powerful and it's really cool. And if I just imagine like, I can't picture life going through life being so close off, like, and never getting to experience the highs and the lows, you know? The scope of the human experience. The scope. It's all about the scope. It might be in Wedding Crashers. I don't remember what movie, but he's like, every single first date is either going to lead to a marriage or like a breakup eventually. I think that is Wedding Crashers, but that is the truest statement I've ever heard. That's the damn truth. So do you feel as though you feel the scope of many of Taylor Swift's songs? Having loved and lost and loved and, I and do. lost again. I can totally relate to some of them and picture the person that I was with when I hear some of the lyrics for sure. So why aren't you writing music then? Actually, I told you before this, we should write some songs. I was serious. Some songs, plural, not just one. We're already jumping Let's ahead write to an, an album. album. Why stop at one? Let's write an album. All right. Well, in honor of Taylor Swift week, in honor of fall season and holiday season upon us, we have a movie because what is more cozy than watching a movie and Ashley loves throwing movie wrecks at me. So let's hear it, Ash. I'm not sure that you've seen this one because we haven't talked intimately about it, but Last Holiday with Queen Latifah, rom-com, a Christmas movie. Have you seen it? Don't knock it till you've tried it. I don't think so. Can you please jog my memory? Oh, of course. She, Queen Latifah, is working at a department store, like minimum wage, um, I think it might be like somewhere in middle America, minimum wage. And she goes home and she cooks really well. And she has these dreams of opening a restaurant and she has all these huge dreams. She has a crush on her coworker. She has all these huge dreams, but she's really scared to live her life in every way. Mm-hmm. She is like a homebody, all of this. She hits her head at work, goes to the doctor because they think she has a concussion. <laughs> they do a brain scan and the doctor's like, you only have a few months to live. You're dying. <gasps> and so she goes... She's like, what the heck? I have all these dreams and I'm not going to end up doing a single one of them. She's like, so I guess I'm going to pull all my money out. She pulls out every dime she has from the bank and she books a fancy five-star trip to someplace in Europe for like Christmas. And Mm -hmm. she meets all these fancy people there. She lives it up. She's adventurous. She's fun. They all fall in love with her. They become friends with her. And that's, I won't tell you the end, but that's, that's the basic. And the ending is really heartwarming. I actually teared up. Okay, but spoiler alert, does she end up dying or was spoiler it a false, alert. false alarm? Fast forward. I'm going to tell Abby the ending if you care so much about Last Hall. You actually want to know? Yeah, I really do. Are you going to watch it still though? Yeah, I will. Okay. So she falls in love with, um, or all these people fall in love with her. She's having so much fun. She's changing their lives. They're changing hers. And <laughs> <laughs> she um, writes, this part made me tear up. I remember the line because I watched it like a few days ago, but she leaves a note in her hotel room for like the hotel concierge that she's befriended. And she's like, if I end up dying here, she's like, here's like the remainder of my money. And I want to be cremated X, Y, and Z. And she says, I want to be cremated. I live my whole life in a box. I don't want to end up in one. And (laughs) I've heard me tear up and she loses all her money and she makes peace with it. Whatever. She goes about her life. The guy she was in love with at work, finds out she's dying, flies out to Europe to go and like no. spend her last days with her. She ends up finding out from the doctor it was a faulty CAT scan read because I forgot what it was. She's not dying at all and stuff. <laughs> and this, she falls in with the guy. Everyone's happy. Everything's good. And it flashes forward and she ends up marrying the guy and she opens a restaurant because that's what she always wanted to do. Oh, yay. It's really heartwarming. It made me want to travel really bad. Oh my God. I, where is it? Where can the people find it? Where can uh, I find it? I don't know. I watched it like real time on TV. 
I'll look it up. Uh, I'll let you know. It's worth the rent, I guess, if you the rental on Amazon it's Prime. On Prime, I feel like movies like that are always. On yeah, Prime. it was so good. It was like Eastern Europe. It reminded me of like Budapest vibes. I don't think that's where she was, but that's what it looked like. Budapest vibes. Have you Does been? she ever where she is? I they say it might be the Czech Republic. Okay, I've been to Prague and I've been to Budapest. Yeah, it was like so Prague like- Budapest vibes. Um, and it made me miss traveling too. How fun. Oh my gosh. So if anyone's wanting to get into the holiday spirit, go watch The Last Holiday. It's not quite time yet for this, but my mom told me the other day, she's like, I haven't, she's like, we haven't talked about the family stone in a while. She's like, it's almost time. (laughs) We should watch it in unison. Of course, the family stone. And let's watch One True Thing in unison. I'm down. I'm ready to cry. I feel like that would be a really nice release for me. It's been an emotional week and it's going to continue to be an emotional weekend with the release of Has the it really have you how many times have you cried this week? Um maybe I would give it two. I would say twice so far. But not like sobs, just like, Gentle. you know. Right. And I also feel as though it's time for that release. I feel like other people can relate every now and then. You just gotta let it out. A sweet release of crying, yeah. Go let the let out. <laughs> What's up with? So happy uh, Taylor Swift weekend. Go give the album 17 listens minimum and like, subscribe, review, follow us on every channel available. All righty. Have a good weekend, everybody.